welcome to Definitely Not Funny. Actually the least funny person I know. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to Definitely Not Funny. I am your host, Jackie Norris. And today we have a fantastic interview with the very speedy Adam Adelson. Adam is a race car driver who competes internationally with his team Premier Racing. He also works full time at an engineering job and somehow finds a way to balance the two. This interview is awesome because like whether you know literally nothing about racing, that was me before this interview, which you will be able to tell by listening to it and hearing the questions I ask, you'll be like, wow, this girl knows nothing about racing. But also, if you're like an F1 fanatic, you know everything about NASCAR and whatever, like you are gonna think this episode is absolutely fascinating because Adam like gives us an insider's perspective on what it's really like breaking into this field. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Adam Adelson. Okay, well, hi, Adam. Welcome to Definitely Not Funny. So happy to have you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. all right, fuck this. I changed my no, mind. I'm, I mean, honestly, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this before. Really? You know, I mean, like, I mean, I haven't done like, I've done really just short, like 20 second interviews, yeah. just like, hey, Adam, how was your race or something like that? And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous. I'm a little like, never, I don't know what to do here. So you're <laughs> going to have to help me out. You're going to do great. Okay. So Adam, you are, do you like identify as a race car driver? Can I call you that? Now, now I do. Yeah. yeah. If you ask me that question, maybe like a year and a half ago, like I'd be like, I'm an aspiring one. Yeah. But now I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay. I think you count as a race car driver. Yeah. What was your first memory of watching a race? <sighs> okay. So I won't say that it's necessarily like a single race that I watched, but when I was really young, I just used to love NASCAR yeah. for absolutely whatever reason. I don't know why. I just loved NASCAR. And, um, I always just rooted for Jeff Gordon for no particular reason. I don't know why. Um, but that's, that that's really kind of the, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a he, big race car driver. He's like a four time NASCAR champ, okay, like, okay. and just, just kind of like a legend of the early two thousands. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the first racing I really watched. Fuck yeah. So when did you decide, like, when did you start being like, this is something I want to do? Like, I'm watching this and I'd want to do it. Because there's things I watch where I'm like, that's cool. Like, for example, Survivor. I love the show Survivor. I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that's the thing is, is I wanted to do it from a very young age, right? It, being a racing driver was a childhood dream for me. Yeah. Um, but... I never really saw a clear path into it. I just didn't really know anybody in the field, anyone who was a racing driver. I didn't know how to get a racing license or how to even start, like how to build experience and or any of those things. But I started when I was, um, I really wanted to like actively try and pursue it, I would say in my early teens, like yeah. 13, 14. And kind of when I started thinking about, oh, I'm gonna get my driver's license soon. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is gonna be fun. and. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, my, you know, Nigel Igrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't until in college when I met um, him and he told me his dad raced cars. I was like, how old's your dad? Like in his 50s, 60s? And he's like, yeah, but you can race cars at any age. Yeah. And it's not like hard to do that. And I was like, oh my God, it's not too late for me. And I thought it was. <laughs> and and um, 
so yeah, then, then from there, that's kind of how I, I actually started finding a path into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was by really talking to him. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. And so then did you, like when you were in high school and stuff, were you going to like, I don't know, like go kart it? I don't know what you yeah. would do. Like, or would you, were you like racing around parking lots or Yeah. Whatever? I mean, look, I'm going to say I don't do illegal things on the streets. Of course not. <laughs> and we're going to leave it at that. Perfect. But um, no, I mean, I, I like to drive like spiritedly and it, and it wasn't necessarily like, <laughs> like that. I drive yeah, spiritedly. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's kind of the, the phrase I use. I like to say um, concerning that, but um, it wasn't necessarily about cars. It was about anything yeah. that went fast, right? Okay. Anything speed related. Like when I was like 13 or 14 years old, like there's a tiny mountain. Um, I grew up in Vegas and there's like a tiny yeah. like ski resort mountain, like two lifts. There is? Yeah. It's literally the smallest thing you've snow? ever seen. Like mostly man-made. Okay. Yeah. And um, and it's usually like just this thing. Yeah, like, yeah, barely, yeah. Like, like enough barely enough. for you to go. Yeah, questionably enough. Yeah. And like I remember um, I had a good friend whose dad was on the ski patrol and he would like we would do try to do top speed runs like who could get the fastest speed and i think okay. they got me at like 60 something miles an hour Jesus. like not only that but like i like go-karts jet skis quads dirt bikes like anything that could go fast i was just all about like a little speed demon kid. wait i love that yeah so it's not the cars thing it's the it's the going fast well you know it was always the going fast from a yeah. very young age and then it kind of turned into cars as i like you know, got a little bit older. Yeah. And there were some like influential people in my life that, you know, I spent a lot of time with who kind of like introduced me to cars. And yeah. I actually, believe it or not, my first real interest with cars were like remote control cars. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I would like go, they had these like little tracks out like in Vegas, like by the strip, they had like this like warehouse oh, and, and like race. a little racetrack. And, and I would go and like participate in all those races and I would like build them up that from the ground up, they make all these like crazy kits and stuff. And then it wasn't until like, I think when I turned like 16 and I got my driver's license, my dad was like, if you want to learn how to build a real car, like I'll support you in that. So cool. So I started doing that as well. So cool. Yeah. Like, would you ever put like an old car together? Or yeah, like yeah. More newer cars. I mean, you know, it, the the Are older you... stuff is easier to work on. Okay, yeah. Right, because you have like all these crazy computers and all this crazy technology that's like, in in like a lot of the newer cars right that's just really hard to deal with from a technical standpoint it's like the reason why you know you have these huge manufacturer huge manufacturers creating these cars and it's you don't see a lot of yeah. like much smaller ones at least ones that do everything themselves from the ground up and don't borrow technology from the bigger manufacturers is because cars are so complex nowadays that you need like a team of yeah. dozens or or hundreds of people or thousands of people to develop these comp complex pieces of, of machinery and the older yeah. ones are like simple it's they're really simple one person can do it all so where did your interest in you studied engineering at usc yeah where did your interest in engineering stem from was it from these like building cars and stuff and the little toy model car whatever races yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much <laughs> i love that yeah it, it was like it you was big that legos and, kid oh my god <laughs> you, you remember by have you ever heard of bionicles 
Yes. Yeah, okay. I was like, I was crazy I obsessed with those. Yeah, like all that type of stuff. Like, I was a kid, like, I took apart pens in class. Oh, my God. To, like, get the springs out of them and find, like, the stiffest springs. And, like, I would try and make pens that jump the highest. And I would get them to Would jump you put, up. like, multiple in? Like, multiple yeah. springs oh, in? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, like, amateur 100%. move. Yeah. 100%. And then I remember, like, I, out of old pens... Like, I used to make little BB guns, and I would, like, sell them to kids in class for, like, five bucks. (laughs) Just, like, I was always taking stuff apart and always trying to put things back together. And then I saw the movie Iron Man. Oh, my God. The OG Iron Man. And I Even I wanted to start building things after I saw Iron Man. And then I kind of had, like, that natural, like, instinct for it. And I was just kind of good at math and physics. And because there was always, like, a definitive answer to a question. Yeah. Right? Like... I don't want to be, I was in the English classes and stuff and they would be like, the curtains are blue. Why is that significant? And I'm like, because somebody decided the curtains were going to be blue one day. (laughs) Right. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. It was so opinionated. And I love that like math and physics there were just, and just anything science related. There's always a definitive answer. Yeah. But the ways you could get there can also be creative too. Yeah. So, um, it's just, just that the cars, like all that stuff, you know, it just kind of culminated into. So what, which type of engineering did you say? Mechanical? Mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. I know my engineering types. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving myself points for figuring that out. Yeah. So when did you, so you're studying mechanical engineering in college and then we graduate like kind of during COVID Mm -hmm. and then when were you like, and then you got a full-time job doing engineering. Yeah, yeah, and I still I still work. And there. you still do it, yeah. Yeah. When were you like I want to do racing as well? Um, well, you know, once I before I actually started racing, I did stuff called like a HPD, like high performance drivers education. <laughs> I was about to say that sounds like an STD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got the HPD. The HPD, chlamydia. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are gonna be a lot of acronyms in, yeah. in this, so, um, but. You know, I, it was pretty much just track days, and you have instructors. And, and this is in L.A.? Um, it's all over the place. Yeah. Wherever there's a racetrack, they're usually doing them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I had a car that I was taking to the track, and it was a street car. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of how I started it. I was just like, I just want to go drive fast. It wasn't necessarily about yeah. racing. It was about going really fast in a car. So I'm very trepidatious when it comes to this type of stuff. When you said, like, you want to go skiing really fast or on jet skis really yeah. fast. Are you scared? I'm terrified on those things. So I do them, but I do them very slow. Yeah. Um, do you not have that, like, scary, scared part? No, there, there, there definitely is an associated fear, right? So it's like whenever I go snowboarding, it's like what I'm doing is I'm assessing the conditions first. And I'm, like, very diligent about kind of my risk mitigation yeah right is okay i want to go really fast only if it's safe to do so yeah and the conditions you know it's low risk if the conditions permit me to go that fast without like having to take crazy excessive risk like if i'm on a jet ski right or something like that yeah like i'm not gonna try and just go to the top speed if the water isn't really smooth yeah okay stuff like that okay so you think about it yeah and I mean, you want me to talk about it like in relation to the race car stuff? Yeah, I was going to get there. So that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Take so, us. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there are tracks that are definitely higher risk and higher consequence than certain other ones. And what would make a track higher risk? A lot of different factors, right? So, for example, I'll give you like an example of a racetrack that's super 
super like low risk, right? And it's it's um, Barcelona. Okay. In in Barcelona and Formula One uses that. And the reason I'm doing that track is because there's going to be like I'm sitting talking about that one is it's going to be really easy to find information about that racetrack yeah. because Formula One goes there all the time. How big are these tracks? Like how how many in terms of like miles? How big is a lap? Like. I would say the shortest that you'll see is around two miles, and the longest that you'll see is a bit over four miles. Okay, okay. Yeah, unless, like, there are a few, like, crazy ones that are way longer, but, like... Not standard. Standard That's very non-standard. Okay. But, for example, like, that track, Barcelona, it has a lot of runoff area. So what that means is around a corner, right, there's a lot of space, and they'll have, like, gravel to slow cars down if they go off there. Or if they're gonna, if somebody crashes there, they'll go into gravel, which helps slow the car significantly. And then the walls, right, are super far away from the track, so there's a lot of time for if, let's say, down. a driver loses control or goes into the gravel, for the car to slow down before they hit anything, right? Why is every track not like that? Because it would be boring if it was, right? I think that's, <laughs> I think that's part of it. You know, there's there's risk associated. So, for example, I would say some of the most dangerous types of tracks are street circuits, right? What and does that mean? A street circuit is where they literally just imagine, and they wouldn't do it on these streets in like a residential area where you live, right? But what they would do is they literally take city streets, shut down all of them, put up right at the edge of the sidewalk a bunch of concrete barriers. Each one weighs about like 10,000 pounds. Do they do pounds. this in the U.S.? Oh, yeah. Where? I think I've done four this year. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where? <laughs> so I did one in Long Beach. Okay. Um, that makes I, sense. Yeah. Long Beach. <laughs> I did one in Toronto. Um, Nashville. And what was the other one? Uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. And, okay. And like a city like Nashville, is it like in the middle of the city or is it? Yeah. Straight up. Way. So like we went. So does everyone go out for it and like it becomes a whole day? Oh, yeah. 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 That's so cool. Um, and it's like, you know, the Nashville one I think is one of the coolest ones because you're literally pretty much going over the Korean Veterans Memorial Bridge, which is like one of the main bridges right next to the Titan Stadium. Like a lot of the track is actually through the, some of the side streets right next to the Nissan oh my Stadium, God. I think. Oh my God. And then like you literally go, you're part, a lot, you know, a part of the track is like right next to Broadway. So, which is like the main street in Nashville where like all the bars are and stuff and the honky tonks and all that. It's, you're in a video game. It's actually You're literally wild. in Grand Theft it's Auto. Actually, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> driving like, down the Venice boardwalk. I mean, th- I think the most the most famous street circuit in the world is probably Monaco. Okay, right? yeah. Even so I've like, heard of that. Yeah, right. And so I didn't that's realize like, it was a street circuit thing, though. Yeah, but it's the reason why is because, you know, you can have some still really high-speed corners that are like, you know, where your minimum speed through the corner can be like, 80, 90 miles an hour. There's one in particular in, in Toronto that was pretty crazy. And they're 10,000 pound concrete walls that if you make a single mistake, you're off by a centimeter or like an inch or whatever, you hit a concrete wall. Like, and, and there's not a lot of forgiveness there. So thankfully I haven't had any crazy crashes with like where with me hitting walls because you know, it's something that you're very aware of. You know that if yeah. you make one mistake or you try to get a little too greedy, try to carry one more mile an hour too much, that, um, that you know, the consequences can be dire. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you were, when you were saying, like, you one mile per hour too much, before a race, and the answer is probably going to be yes, but, <laughs> but I'm going to open up the question. Sure, sure, yeah. 
like, do you and your team go through the track and be like, at this point, you're going to drive this fast. And here, you're going to drive this fast. And like, yeah, kind of figure it out like that. It's, it's less a little bit like that, right? So going to like a new racetrack, right, is something that, you know, only kind of happens or you experience a lot of when you're first starting out. So okay. that's something that I I had to do a ton over the past couple of years. And because, when did you start doing this? Yeah. Um, my first race ever was in 2020. Okay. So I'm really it's new. It's been, yeah, about two and a half. I say two and a half seasons because the first season it was like, right, they were pretty much all racing stopped when COVID stopped, when yeah. COVID started. But then they realized like, hey, like this is, you can, you, you can, can do, do this, this sport relatively safely yeah. and still follow mo- like all the COVID regulations. Yeah. And that's kind of right when I hopped in. Okay. Um, so it was kind of a half a season then. And it was mostly gentlemen's racing and club racing, which is kind of like, you know, if you can, it's like flag football versus tackle football. Okay, okay. Right? Where your contact of any kind in between race cars is very frowned upon. Um, you know, any type of, of like aggressive driving is very frowned upon. And then 2021 was my first full season of like real professional level racing where all of that stuff is kind of like, okay, go out there. You should all know what you're doing. And you know, we're not going to say, if you get hurt, you get hurt, figure it out. Yeah. It's like you, you, you need to be aware (laughs) of all of these different things that can happen and you're not holding back at all the way you would be in like kind of that first season that I did. Oh my God. Yeah. This is a sport I would like really, really not do well in. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's, I, I still can't believe it sometimes, but yeah, but going back to kind of that, like what, what we were talking about earlier about how you learn the racetracks is most of the time, if you're ever going to go to a racetrack for the first time, if it's available on any simulator software, right? So they're like these racing simulators that literally have pedals and a wheel and you have a big screen and, and it it has everything that a racer has. Does it like make the force happen? Yeah. Um, like really expensive simulators. Yeah. But you don't need that to learn a track. Okay. Okay. Um, but first of all, you should be on the simulator a lot, which is what I do. Yeah. And then when you get there before you're on track at all, you do something called a track walk which is where you can take like a golf cart or like a scooter or you just walk it and you just kind of study the track and see, okay, this wall looks like it should be straight all the way, but it has a little bit of a kink there. So you need to be aware of that if you're ever really close to it. Or there's a really big bump in this brake zone, like right when you're about to start braking for a corner. There's like and, bumps on the tracks? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, there's some, I mean, there are bumps that I've hit that literally get the entire car airborne, all four <gasps> wheels off the ground. Yeah. Holy shit. It can get like super violent. So when that happens, what do you, what goes through your brain? Your car is airborne in the middle of a race. Well, I mean. Are you like, holy fuck, I'm going to die? No. Or are you like, here we go, hold on. No, it's just like, okay, I know I'm probably going to get maybe like a tiny, I mean, it's not like I'm a foot off the ground. It's like this much off the ground maybe. But like, but the, you know, it's just pretty much like whatever's going through your head is, is just at least when I'm racing is, is hit your marks. Right. So like every corner, right. Has mainly, I'd like to break it up into three parts. It has the entry, which is essentially where you start the, it starts at the brake zone when you actually start getting on the brakes really hard yeah. to, to slow yourself down enough to make that corner. And then you have the apex, which is kind of like the tip of the corner, 
right? Okay. And usually that's the part you want to get your car to. And then you have the exit, which is when you start thinking about, okay, can I start getting back on the gas? Can I get back on throttle? And you want to do that as early as possible. So it's like, you know, a term that you'll hear a lot in racing is like hit your marks, right? So like, you know that at this corner, there are usually like references that you can have like, okay, there's a black line on the track right here. And I know that I break just barely after that, right? Okay. And then you get your car down to the apex of the corner, which is like the part, like the, like the tip of it. And then it's like, okay, now I know I'm here and I'm carrying this speed and it feels just about right. Yeah. And I like, I hit my marks there. I, I did the brake zone well. I did the, the corner entry well. I got to the apex well. And then at that point, it's, it's you're getting back on throttle. How can you get back on throttle in such a way that you're not, you know, it's not too early. So you're like, if it's too early, you could go off track on the exit. You could go too wide. The car just physically can't turn that tight at that speed. Um, and if you're too late, um, then you're just slow. So it's all about pretty much just finding the limit of grip and feeling that limit of grip with the tires <laughs> and trying to maximize it every single corner, every single time you hit it. Damn. Yeah. That's really stressful. Yeah, okay, yeah. so wait, so when you, were you like, I don't know if we got to this. When, because I think I got distracted and asked more questions. Yeah, I might have been too. I, yeah, I can, I can Both just, Both of us yeah. can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like for hours. Definitely. But when was like, when were you like, oh, like this is something I want to like really seriously pursue. And not just like as like a hobby, but like actually really do it. Um, probably after that first half a season, I, I was right. kind of talking about. Right, you did the about. gentleman season. Yeah, okay, because yeah. when I first That's went how in, we got here. <laughs> right? I mean, my very first race ever. Um, there were it was me and like seven or eight other cars, right? What is what is normal for a race? Now, um, there are a lot of the races that I participate in. I would say average between thirty and forty. Okay. Yeah, so... How do you guys all start? Um, so the way a race starts is... Sorry, this is me getting off topic again. Yeah. But answer and then we'll go back. <laughs> yeah, so actually, the I would say the most type of common start to a race is you actually do something... Right before the race starts, you do something called a formation lap. And that's where all the cars just pretty much in single file led by something called a safety car. Right. And the safety okay. car is kind of a car that sets the pace. It's got lights, like kind of like police lights on it. But, um, and they're all flashing and stuff. And they're going around the track with all of the race cars behind. And then during that lap, you know, the cars and the drivers, they're warming up their tires. They're swerving aggressively side to side. They're, they're getting on the brakes really hard and getting on the throttle really hard to try and generate heat into the tires. Right. Because the tires need this to get so up exciting. to a certain temperature. Yeah. And then, pretty close to, you know, like I would say like around halfway or, or like three quarters through the lap, all the cars grid up. And what that means is based off a qualifying order, you are starting in a certain order and qualifying you pretty much is just an open practice okay. session, but you have to set a fast lap. So the fastest car will be at the front based on yeah. qualifying and the slowest car will be at the back. And then you grid up two by two, right? Okay. So it's, First person, right, starts in position one, then you have position two, then three, four, five, six, and they're all nose to tail, like like this. Yes. Like, And this very, is during this big lap, or no, this is after Yeah, this, this is right as the lap is about to end, and you're getting to the front straight, where which is usually a straight section of the racetrack yeah. that the start-finish line is on. 
right. then the first two just go and then the next yeah. two and then so whoever qualifies first which is pole position has the right to start the race so there's a zone that's marked by like cones or signs or something that denotes like the start zone and anywhere in that zone the pole sitter the person who qualified first has the right to start the race so they can go whenever but they have to maintain a constant slow speed up until then it's so cool yeah and then it's crazy cars like <laughs> fan then, out they go every direction some people get great starts and are passing like 10 cars on the first lap and then other other cars get terrible starts and they just get freight trains like, from cars behind you know like it's crazy it's like mario kart yeah it's like if you hold down a for too long your car like spins exactly. out <laughs> it, it literally exactly like that <laughs> But yeah. sometimes you get a boost if you do yeah. boom it at the right time. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so you do the gentleman's race. Yeah. And then and then you were like, I really like this. I want to pursue this. Yeah. Well, actually, my first race ever, I think I started in eighth and I finished third. Oh, my God. And in that series, it was three races per weekend. And then the next two races that same weekend, um, I finished second both of them and i was like oh my god you're like kinda, this is shit quick. oh shit <laughs> right is this you <laughs> yeah and then you know i started getting you know not fast but fast for my experience yeah level. and yeah i just it just kind of went from there i was like let's try going up a level yeah and then that's what i did and we had some good success there um at that point it was clear to me that i needed to put in more work if i wanted to have the same type of success at a higher yeah. level and, and what's the type of work? Like that's like doing the simulator? Yeah, doing simulator stuff. A lot of simulator stuff. Um, don't you have to have like neck strength? I don't know. Yeah, Am so, I making that up? No, 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 you're <laughs> not. You're not. Um, at the level I was racing at that time, not necessarily. Okay. Um, the cars weren't, they didn't corner fast enough to generate enough like G-forces. Okay. Um, you, you, we usually just say Gs um, to actually have a significant effect on your neck but i started racing in some faster cars recently and i did a full full first season this year and um we actually saw some really high g's uh, i think our maximum we saw was like 2.9 g's which is effectively three times the force of gravity right in oh a my corner God. laterally so it's oh like at that point God. it's like imagine you just lying off a bed with your head just like kind of just off the edge of the bed but then you, you, your head weighed three times as much as it normally does. Oh my god, I hate roller coasters. Yeah, like this. It's <laughs> awful. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's like, and, and when shit. I first experienced it, and that was at a track that had like banked corners, which like usually means you can carry more grip, carry more, you have more grip, you can carry more speed. Okay. And um, and when I first did a lap around that car, um, in, in that car specifically, it's called the Porsche gt3 cup car the newest generation one okay and um which is just a stupid fast race car and um when i first did a lap around that racetrack it was called watkins Glen international somewhere in the middle of new york and i took some of those really high speed corners like yeah. that were banked i was like wow this is com something completely different to anything i've done before and i need to like recalibrate my mind to accept the fact that i can go this fast around a corner and did like you this. figure that out during your like practice lap yeah well you know you can see the fast guys right the people who are running at the front and yeah and in that series i was running with actual professional drivers um, yeah. for the first time and that was this year and yeah i just i'm watching them go through that corner 
and seeing how much time they can pull on me, meaning how much faster they're going through that corner, how much further ahead they were than at the beginning of that corner. And I'm like, okay, I need to try and figure out how to do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. I'm like, I... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I like have like an adrenaline rush having this conversation. Like... Yeah. It's really crazy. I mean, I, there's just, and, and that's the thing is, is it's not all the driver, right? Yeah. The team. How big is the team? Everything. It's everything. No, but like how many people is it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd been like, like, how significant. The team is huge. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, uh, our team, um, Premier, Premier Racing. Yes. Is, um, we are a grand total of 13 right now, I believe. Amazing. And yeah. are you the only driver? Uh, no, we have um, another driver who's also my driver coach. His name's Elliot Skier. And he's kind of been like my driving mentor over the past few years. He's really taught me everything about racing. And so in each race, do both of you go? Like, do Um, you get two cars per race? No, so some racing series is just one driver, right? And then other racing series are multiple drivers. So um, we participated in one of those this year, and we have plans to do more of those in the coming years. Yeah. So pretty much um, a driver will do something called a stint, which is anywhere between like 30 minutes to an hour in the race car. Yeah. And then they come into the pits. And How long are the these races? Stop, the ones I did, I've been doing this year have ranged from 40 minutes to an hour. Oh my God. But, um, the races that we're going to Do be doing. Do you get bored? <laughs> I mean, it depends. Sometimes the races can be boring. <laughs> like you're way faster than the guy behind or you're yeah. significantly slower than the guy ahead. So you're just out there. You can barely see the guy ahead. You can't see the you're guy just behind. driving in circles. And you're just running laps. And I'm like, well, this is a fun practice session kind of but like i can't you know this is really boring but like you know boring races are usually good races yeah yeah because the ones that are boring means you're usually hope most of the time you if you're in front and it's boring that's the best yeah right if you're behind and it's if you're behind that much then even if it is boring from like in that kind of sense that i just described to you um then it's not really boring because you're frustrated that you're that far behind and you're trying to dig harder and harder every lap to try and get closer. That makes um, sense. But Elliot's awesome. He's, he's been an incredible like mentor and it was funny at first. Um, you know, when I first got introduced to the guy who, who I partner with in my race team now, um, he was like, I'm going to set you up with this driver coach. He's really awesome. He's about two years older than you. And he's, he's, uh, he's like an engineering nerd, kind of like I am I love and that. all of that stuff. And when I first, um, you know, met him, we gelled really well right away. You know, we, we love all the engineering nerd stuff together. I love that. He was able to explain a lot of things that, you know, maybe usually drivers just go off feel. He was able to explain like the technicalities of what's happening with the car and like what's happening with the suspension and what's happening with the tires right throughout a corner and yeah. he was able to explain that stuff to me really well and we became like best friends really really quick i love that is yeah. he in la uh he lives in san diego okay not far yeah not far not you far. guys can just drive really fast up, up to each other yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> kidding not illegally yeah definitely not no he's 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 been an incredible coach and it's crazy because it started out like i was four seconds a lap slower than him which okay. is huge yeah right 
Um, now it's like on average, maybe I'm about a second a lap slower. Than oh my God. Me. Yeah. Which is, which so is. You've been like getting good really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's and so exciting. He doesn't like to admit it, but I am not. about a hundred pounds heavier than him. And that costs <laughs> a few tenths of a second, like yeah. maybe around like half a second per lap or something. He doesn't like to admit it. So technically. So I like to think I'm a little closer to him <laughs> yeah. than what it really shows because, exactly. um, because of that. But no, um, technically I think you are. Yeah. How do you, like, it's the night before a race. What do you do to prepare? I play video games. Okay. Do you play yeah. racing video games? No. No? What, I do, just what watch... are your, like, video games of choice? Like, do you play, like, Call of Duty? Or you play I, yeah. Crossing? I play this one game, Apex. Okay. Apex Legends. Okay. And um, I've always been a big gamer my whole life. Yeah. And that one has kind of stuck with me over the past few years. And ultimately, it's not really, like, I don't, it's not that I'm, like, sh- oh, I have to play video games the night before a race, but I like to do things that kind of put my mind at ease and make it so I don't yeah. really overthink too much, you know? Yeah. Um, a, a big thing that I do is whenever I have a race the next morning is I like to run laps in my head kind of at night Yeah. and just think about, okay, here is where I'm a little slow and how can I find that extra time, right? How yeah. can I get a little bit faster through this specific corner? Or maybe if I'm going up against a certain competitor or I'm I'm surrounded by certain competitors, you, know, you get to know your competitors really, really well, really quickly. Because something in racing is, I'm going to get a little off, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. Go on a tangent. Here. If, I'm here if, for it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Sounds no nice. <laughs> um, is when I drove on the road, everybody always tells you, like, follow kind of like the idiot rule. Everybody around you is texting, they're drunk, yeah. they're not paying attention, and they're not going to use their blinkers, and they're going to do the worst possible thing the worst possible time. Yeah. In racing, it's the exact opposite. You have to trust your competitors with your safety, that if you huh. go for a pass on somebody, that they're going to give you the room, right? That they're not just going to turn in and act like you're not there and crash cause a crash, or they're not going to do something just completely irresponsible out there on the racetrack. So it's like... If I, you know, I know my competitors pretty well because I make a point to because I want to know who I can trust out there and who's no going to be like a loose cannon. So you and guys do... like mingle? Oh yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, we all talk and Wait, stuff. Wait, that's so fun. You yeah. like little networking events. Oh my goodness. It's crazy how many people I have become like pretty good friends with just through racing. Like That's so cool. Dozens of people. And it's like, you know, for example, there's a really great driver. His name's Rob Holland and he's a pro and he's he i don't think he's ranked as one right now but he was previously because he's he he's a little older he's yeah. past i think most of the um His, intense like, racing yeah. that that he did previously yeah. but he has been racing for more than two decades and i started getting you know pretty similar pace to him which was awesome but he has been like instrumental in my in my learning process of of racing because you know um, every time we go out there and we're battling on track, that's what you call it. You're, you're battling with other cars. Huh. And whenever we battle, like I go to him and I talked, I was like, yeah, like, what'd you think about that? How was that move? And did I leave enough room for you there? Was I like, you know, was Can I communicating with each enough? other? No, I talked to the team, yeah. but it's like a body language out there. What you're doing with the cars. Like, let's say I exit a corner going onto a long straight and the guy behind me gets an exit. And if I want to show, Hey, I'm going to defend against you or I don't want to let you pass here. I'm going to, and let's say, you know, the turn up ahead is a right-hand turn. Usually you would set up for that turn by going all the way to the left, right? 
Okay. And, and because you want to pretty much maximize yeah. the radius of the corner, which allows you to carry the most speed. Yeah. Um, but if I know that he's got a good run on me early on the straight, I'll move over to the right a little bit. Yeah. Right. And let him go and through. No, I won't let him go through. Oh, never You never mind. let anybody go through. Okay, never mind. Never, never. You, you hold on to <laughs> And there are times where it's worth just not battling if, if because you, it's all about managing time lost, okay. right? You don't want to lose time. And when you're going side by side with, with somebody through a corner, you're losing time. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll move my car to the right a little bit towards the middle of the straight and then kind of come back online to let them know that, hey... Like, if you're going to try and pass me here, I'm going to defend hard. Yeah. I'm going to not try and, and, and I'm going to this. make an attempt to keep you behind me if you make an attempt to go forward. Yeah. Right. And for example, somebody, if they are going to make a pass on you, something that a lot of people do is they flash their brights. Oh. Right. They're like, hey, I'm here and I'm coming. And, and oh that's what God. they do. But back to the original question, right? What yes. I'm thinking about before a race is, you know, I'm thinking about what competitors I have around me and which ones I'll have to deal with. And, 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 you know, if this racetrack presents any specific type of advantage for me being in the race car that I'm in, which is, you know, in multi-manufacturer racing, uh, I, I drive Porsches Okay. and, you know, we're racing against must like Ford Mustangs. We're racing against BMWs. We're racing against Audis. We're racing and against race Aston cars? Martins. No, they're no. race cars. You, you can't really race street cars. Okay, okay. Race cars are, like, very different. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh-huh. I don't know. They're brands um, I know, so I'm like, ugh. Yeah, but they, they, they all make <laughs> so race like cars. So, like, you're not racing is... my Ford Fusion is no, what you're no, telling no, no. me? <laughs> They're, like, pretty much built from the ground up completely different. Wow. Like, diff crazy different suspension, different motors, different aerodynamics. Yeah. Um, they But that's why I like sports car racing is because at the end of it, um, they are way more closely related to the car, their count, their road going counterparts than, yeah. you know, a formula car is a formula car doesn't have a road going counterpart. Okay. Right. So it's like, you know, but the, the Porsche that I drive, I can go buy a street car that is very similar. Yeah. Right. And it's not going to be as fast and it's not going to be as capable, but ultimately that race car has the street car DNA in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I love it so much. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking cool. Yeah. So what are you thinking? You're in the car, okay? And you're in your little lineup mm -hmm. and you're side by side with your buddy and you're like getting to your orange cones. What's going through your head? Um, are you just so in the moment? Yeah. So like for me, like whenever I would say the most nervous I get is before the formation lap starts, huh. right? Okay. It's like walking to the car yeah. and about to get in it. And I got my AirPods in, and usually I'm listening to some like music or something, which is yeah. what I like what to do. What type of music? Uh, house music. Love it. Yeah, but I, I just love house music. Just yeah. in any, I, I listen to it all the time. And yeah. All these different like subgenres of of like house and electronic music, but I have like a little like hype up playlist that on on like on my Spotify. It's called Go Fast Time, and it's like all my favorite songs I love to that. listen to. <laughs> but like once I get in the car and once I'm fully strapped in and the formation lap starts. Is kind of when a lot of the nerves just go away. It's like, I'm here, I have a job to do, and it starts on the formation lap, right? Yeah. It's, I need to get my tires and brakes up to temperature as quickly as I can, and yeah. as, as, as effectively so you're already as I can. At that point. Right, but, and then with a race start, it's once you're gridded up is, it's, if you're not starting on pole position, it's, you need to look as far ahead as you can, 
right? And see if as tight as you are. And when I say like you're gridded up, like you're nose to tail, like very often cars are just bumping off each other because everybody wants to stay as close as possible. And it's hard like for all of these cars in a row, like, you know, 15 (laughs) rows deep, right? And like all these cars are stacked up all up against each other and you're like bumper cars and you're just trying to like look ahead and look as far ahead in the pack as you can. And ideally you can see the pole sitter. And as soon as you see any type of lurch, it's go. It's like instant full gas. Like if the car, if the car ahead of me, right, was a little bit slow on the start, and I can't really get around him because there are other cars around. Yeah. I'm like pushing his ass. Like I'm like, let's go, come on, come on. Like oh it's my God. um and most of the time it's just going into turn one. Um, a lot of people do something. You know, a lot of people, they try to win their races in turn one. And that rarely ever happens. Meaning they try to... turn one? The first turn. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) We usually number the turns. So like, yeah. Right, 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 right. We number number the turns so we can like reference them easily. Oh, and they're numbered in order? Um, By one, two, three, four? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Um, Glad I was able to figure that out. But yeah, so, and, you know, people, they try to go for like crazy moves. They try to like carry like a lot of speed and, and... And usually um, it never really ends well for those types of things. So when you're going into that turn one on a race start, it's okay. Let me try and be aware of my surroundings. Let me tell you, race car visibility is a million times worse than street car visibility. Really? I thought you were going to say it was so much better. Oh, no. Why is it so shitty? Uh, Because of all the safety equipment. So first of all, you have nets on either side of you, right? And the nets... Like if you're in a crash, they prevent anything that might get loose in the car, fly around, um, preventing that debris from hitting you. Yeah. And then you... Or I guess from you flying out. Yeah. And then you're in a bucket seat. And a bucket seat is exactly what it sounds like. Can I just say, there's not a single thing about this sport that sounds appealing for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. I'm blown away right now. Yeah. And it's like... Um, you have a bucket seat, right? And that seat, I'm telling you, it is, it's like you're press fitting yourself to get into it. Ideally, that's what you want. It's custom. Most of the time, drivers will have their seats custom molded. Oh my God, it's like orthopedics for your shoes. Exactly, right? And that's a safety thing too. And then you have a, <sighs> then you have a five or six point harness coming up from here, here, over the shoulders. And then you have a head and neck restraint that the harness goes over, which kind of makes your like helmet almost kind of like a rigid part of the car. Your range of motion is like this. Oh my God. Right? And that prevents your neck from breaking if you so ever you get a big like crash. So you can't look over your shoulder like that. No. And then the seat also goes around your head, kind of has these like flap things that go around your head like this. So... Like in the arcades. Yeah. yeah <laughs> maybe? You know, I don't know. Uh, things in the arcades that seats have this like head thing. Yeah. So, kind of like that before. Probably, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so like, you know... And then you have like a rear wing, like the, you know, the wing, like on the back of the car, yes. like the thing that sticks up. Um, sometimes, a lot of the times that obstructs your view in the rear view. So in one of our car, one of our race cars, you literally can't even use your rear view mirror. We have a little screen with a cam, pretty much a rear view, like parking camera that's oh on God. the whole time. And so you can't check your blind spots or anything. So it's oh like on a race start, it's like. You need to like be very aware of what's happening around you and you want to like try and steer clear of any drama. You just want to protect the car, protect yourself, make sure you're going to make it out of turn one and then settle in and try and make some moves, try and pass some cars. 
Oh my God. Yeah. It's a lot. How long does it take to get into the car? Uh, if you're trying to do it like in a driver change, like in a race where like well, you're making a pit stop, sure. you can do it in like 30 seconds. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. But it's a lot. That's like you're plugging in your But what pulling. is like right before, right before a race? Are you like, does it take you 10 minutes to get all strapped up and everything? Oh no, like two, three minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like as big of a... Okay. Wow. Jesus. No. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a lot though. There's a lot that happens like when you're getting into a race car. Yeah. Because it's like, first of all, the safety equipment that you're wearing, you're wearing like either a two or three layer fireproof suit, like a huge onesie, <laughs> right? And then you have fireproof underwear all the way through it. And then keep in mind, a lot of race cars don't run air conditioning, so you oh can see God. like cockpit temperatures like of uh, of above 150, 160 degrees. And they don't run air conditioning because then that's just like more weight in the car. Um, it's because most air conditioning systems they run off power from the motor, so it okay. means you'll be slower in a straight yeah, yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they have other cooling systems. So like for example, I wear a shirt with a bunch of tubes that yeah. runs through it. And there's a little like mini refrigeration unit, like box, that's okay. like an, it runs electrically, and um, it pumps a cold f- liquid through through my suit to wow. keep me warm. And then you have a drink tube with like a little Camelback mouthpiece in your helmet, <laughs> and then like you know you have your radio, and and then you know you get in the car, and then you have the safety net, and then the harnesses, and you're plugging all of that stuff in, and you're doing Do you guys your radio ever just, checks like, and stuff. Chat or are you just. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's 40 minutes. That's yeah. long. Well, I'm kind of a chatty Kathy. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah. <laughs> do you like to talk? <laughs> I do. I do. I really, I can just talk forever. Oh, my God. You're making my job so easy. Yeah. So easy. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, so Elliot and I, Elliot's also kind of a chatty Kathy. So you guys just chat. So a lot of the shit. times we're just like talking and, and it's just like pretty much like we always like make like little funny jokes and like we're, we're. We're just saying like, um, you know, whenever we do our radio check, there's like this one, I think he's like, not, he's not Finnish or Danish, like racing driver who like uh, on, he like streams whenever he's on his simulator. He like does like live streaming (laughs) and he always like makes funny jokes. He goes like, mic check, one, two, or like, uh, or like if he ever like makes a mistake, he yells like, code brown, code brown. And like, we like say that type of shit to each other. It's like. We're way more conversational than I think maybe a lot of other drivers might yeah. be. Yeah. This is a part of the sport I'd like. Yeah. But uh, that's just because I like I found to stay. One. <laughs> yeah. I like to stay loose, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't like to just, like, I don't like to put pressure on myself. It's like, yeah. I know what I'm capable of in the car, and I know what my car is capable of. And, you know, I just like to stay, like, fluid, kind of loose in a flow state. And I find that, like, being conversational like that. And being like just just calm and and just in in that way, it just kind of helps me. That's awesome. Yeah, you are very confident. I can tell that, or you put off a really good air of confidence. Have you always <laughs> oh, been that you. way? And how no. you do it? Oh no! How did you develop that? Because you're so the like the way you talk about it, it's clear that you are so confident in your abilities, and you're just like. I know where my limit is. I know what I can do. I know what's going to be safe. And I trust myself. And like, I have faith in myself to do that. And I think a lot of people don't have, don't know how to develop that same like confidence and trust in themselves. And I'm curious, how did you, how do you think that developed for you? It's just been a crazy ride. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm a, 
you know, I'll, I'll start from when I started racing, right? Yeah. Because when I started racing, it's like, okay, I'm new to this. Let's just soak Whatever. it all no in. Let's learn. No one's going to expect me to be good. Right? Yeah. Don't try and be a superhero anywhere. Don't try and do things that I don't have the knowledge or experience or skills to do. Yeah. And just, just try and progress slowly. And then once I got a few podiums and stuff, I was like, fuck sure. yeah. Like, I'm doing well. <laughs> like, okay, let's, let's do that. Now I'm confident in myself. And then going into my second season... Um, which was last, not this past year, but the one before 2021, um, was when I kind of stepped up into like the bigger leagues, like racing faster cars, racing in more competitive professional level series, not as a professional, I'm still classified as an amateur, but racing racing in professional level series where it's not gentlemen's, it's not club. It's there are a bunch of ex-pros, there are people who have done this for decades who are out there. And then that was very humbling, right? Because, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm new to this. And then like, but I'm fast. I'm like a new hot shoe kid. That's what they call them. And I wasn't. Right. Then I get in there and it's very humbling. And then I'm like, okay, I need if I want to have the same success that I had previously, I just need to put my head down, get on the simulator, do as many races as I can on the simulator, do as many races as I can in real life. Do just try and find any way to try and improve. Yeah. Right. And the hard work starts paying off. You know, I start putting up better performances. I start going to the same racetracks that I did previously in the same race car and being a second faster, being two seconds faster, right? And then I would say the confidence really stemmed from, it was a single particular race. And it was at the end of last year. It was our final race of the season. We were having a shit weekend. We couldn't get the car set up correctly. And that's something. The cars, you you set them up, right? The angles of the wheels, like this, their suspension settings, like how fast, if you hit a bump, how fast the, the wheel can travel up, right? Huh. You know, they're like yeah. all these crazy settings you can do with the car to change it. And um, we just couldn't figure that out right the track was it, we were at Sebring, Florida, one of the most technically difficult racetracks in the world because it's probably the bumpiest racetrack in the world. Oh. Um and very high speed, super high speed in a lot what of areas. What like speed are we talking? Like um when I when I say high speed, I don't mean high speed on the straights. Okay. I mean high speed in the corners cuz the corners are everything. Anybody can go 200 miles an hour just going in a straight line, right? Anybody can do it. You just keep the car pointed straight and keep your foot planted, right? It's about the corners, right? So I'm talking about corners with minimum speeds of like like 100 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. And and the cars, you're going over like crazy huge bumps. And if you walked over, you'd be like, oh, this isn't bumpy. But with how stiff the cars are and how fast you're going, you're literally going through the car like this. Oh, my God. Just like bobbling around, getting just tossed. In your cocoon of safety precautions. And you're like just strapped into this like cage on wheels, essentially. And like, I just had no confidence. I didn't have confidence in the car. I was losing confidence in myself. Yeah. Um, And you know what? I was just like, went into the night, you know, we had races, you have, we had two races on Saturday because we were doing two different series there. And then we had two races on Sunday. And it wasn't until the third race, the fourth race on Sunday that our team was able to get the car set up comfortably for me. And then I had my best race ever. Um, I was finishing, you know, anywhere between 15th and 20th on average in that series. And I finished like fourth. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. And um, in that race, I had a lot more side-by-side battling action. And it just kind of, for some reason, clicked for me in that moment. I was comfortable with the car and I was like, hmm, this car is definitely faster and he's definitely going to pass me and we're on the last lap, but fuck it. I'm going to try and hold them off. I'm going to do my absolute best to try and defend. We were going side by side through some like really difficult corners to go side by side through. And it just kind of all clicked, right? And then my coach came up to me, Elliot, afterwards. He was like, that was the most impressive thing, thing I've seen out of you. That is the best you've ever done in any race scenario. And But it sucked because it was the last race of the year. Yeah. So then I came into this year telling myself, no, that wasn't a fluke. That was me. That was it actually clicking. Yeah. I really felt it and it was really true. And this year I've been just relative to last year, I've been driving on a really different level now. That's um, so sick. Yeah. And I've just been, just been really pushing my limits and getting really, really fast. You must um, have been like itching to get to this season, oh especially. God. Oh, you're Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we were doing How a bunch of. How long was the season? Um, depends on which racing series you want to participate okay. in. In this one that you were just up. This one, February to October. Okay, so does it start again in February? Um, yeah, well, I think we might be doing a different series next year, which might okay. have its first race in January. And then this year, I've just really just turned it up a notch. I just said, Adam, like, you are progressing at a way faster rate than most drivers do with the limited experience that I yeah. had. And then it was funny. I was talking to one of my coach, to, to my coach, um, and he's also my co-driver, right? Yes. Um, my coach, and, and he... Um, I was like, Elliot, how many car races do you think you've done? And he's been go-karting since he was like six. Yeah. So I didn't want to include go-karting because he's done like, I don't know, six, seven, eight years of that and done countless races and that. I want to talk about car races. And I said, how many races have you done in a car? And I think he started car rate automotive like racing, not in go-karts since 2012. Okay. Right. So 10 years, maybe a little more. Um, And he said somewhere between like 180 and 240. He just off the top of his head, yeah. just in rough estimation. And I had just did the math and I was like, I've done a hundred now. Holy shit. You're like, yeah. I'm catching up. So like. Yeah. And your reps in your 10,000 hours. Yeah. And he was telling me he's never seen somebody take so many green flags, have so many race starts in like such a short amount of time. And now I'm kind of at this level and I have a bunch of race wins under my belt. We were competing for championships this past year. We, we, we didn't, we didn't end up winning them due to some really unfortunate circumstances, but, um, you know, there still, are a lot of really good results to just back my belief in myself yeah. that I am a driver that can compete at a really top level, right? Good for you. And I'm Fuck not yeah. a pro yet. I'm still not a pro. And I don't know if I'll ever become one, but I'll tell you this much. I'm going to be one of the fastest AMs out there. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that I can. Yeah. And I will. And I'm putting in the work. And, and yeah, that's just kind of where that confidence comes from is, is just believing in yourself even if others might not yeah. and just putting in the work and believing that you know regardless of what others in the industry might say or people with experience might say because they there were there were doubters for sure there were yeah. a lot of people who saw me and they heard what what I wanted to accomplish in racing and they were like that kid's not doing it yeah. um but it's just about it's just believing in yourself it's the most cliche thing i can say yeah but it's the truest, it's so most important thing. Yeah. You know. No, it's it's so true. No, yeah. and I think it's like you're, you have an awareness of your ability. Like you're yeah. like, maybe I will be pro, maybe I won't be pro. Yeah. But 
I know I'm a really good amateur. Like, and I know I can be one of the best amateur. Like, you're, it's clear that you're not, like, blowing smoke up your ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, you actually have this grounded in facts and trajectories of careers and everything like that. And so yeah. I think that's so, like, and, and you're like, I've got this information. I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. And, you know, humility and, and just being realistic are yeah. very huge parts of that, too. Yeah. Because there were a few times where I was like, I would just disagree with what Elliot was saying. I was like, I don't think I can do that. Like, I don't think I can carry that speed in this corner. I think maybe, you know, um, the car is not set up to do it or or maybe the extra weight that I have relative to you is not allowing yeah. me to dictate, is not is not doing that properly. Or I think maybe this way might be a faster way around the corner. Or, you know, there were a lot of times where there there were disagreements and stuff, but it's just ultimately realizing that, hey, like, you know, be proud of where you've gotten. Yeah. Be be proud of where you what what you've achieved so far and the experience and, and the skills that you've developed up to this point, but still recognize that there's always going to be more to learn. Yeah. And that you should try and take advantage of the resources that you have to 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 teach you how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Also, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm just going, like... I told you this was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I know, you I did. Yeah, you. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just because racing is so complex. There's so much. There's so much, and it's like, we could sit here for 10 hours. Yeah, and, and not like, even scratch. I don't think I could still give you a full picture yeah. of what it was really like. No. It's like, you know, best analogy, I think, is... Okay, you know how, like, football and rugby are really similar? Yes. It's like both like an egg-shaped ball and you're both like trying to get it to the other side. Yeah, and you're both and huge and have brain injuries. You're both hitting each <laughs> other and you both definitely are getting, you're all getting CTE yeah, Exactly, after. exactly. Um, now imagine if there were like 200 more variations of that sport that like all fell under like the same parent, like egg balls, if you named it, or, <laughs> or, or whatever, like football. And yeah, it had a hundred yeah, yeah, different yeah. variations with a bunch of different rules different amounts of players on your team like a bunch of that's what racing is like oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah no this is there's a lot there's a lot going on definitely have you since you've started have you ever been like have you ever doubted yourself have you ever been like i want to give up i don't want to do this anymore like i'm in over my head and why did you not quit that's a really good question um <laughs> zeke's waiting no, I wouldn't say there was ever a time like that. I mean, I, there were definitely times where I had a lot of self-doubt. Of course. But it was more like, what can I do to get out of this funk that I'm in yeah. and focus on what I need to be doing to better myself as a driver, yeah. right? Because, you know, I'm somebody who who very firmly believes that, you know, if you allow yourself to dwell on the negative in any capacity or if you're put in like a super high pressure high stress situation where things may not be going your way that the more you allow yourself to feel those emotions of, of stress and anger and frustration the less that you're, you're essentially just detracting from your ability to look at the situation for what it is yeah and and move forward from it or or fix whatever needs fixing or just just get out of it 
you know? Yeah. Like, that's just kind of what I, I, I don't even do that just in racing. I try to do that in every aspect of my life. Yeah. Right? Like, if I'm trying to teach my dog a new trick or something and it's not going well and I'm getting frustrated, I'm like, okay, like, Adam, take a step back. Like, you don't need to be frustrated with this. Just look at it for what it is. Like, analyze the situation and, like, figure out the best way to move forward. Yeah, because your frustration is like, not helping you. Yeah, and just focus on the progress. Focus on moving forward. Yeah. And, and not just, like, don't let those emotions get to you, you know? Yeah. But that's, and I'm really, you know, it's something that my parents, like, pretty much in, instilled in me. Yeah. To, to have that kind of attitude. And I'm super, super, super grateful for it because um, it's gotten it's gotten me to the places I want to be at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, what I will say is I, like, I, I don't know how much you know about this, but I seriously struggled with mental health. And I went, I did this outpatient program um, for OCD. And a lot of what we focused on was how to like kind of separate your emotions from your actions. Yeah. And what you just described was like the philosophy they instilled in us. And like, I think it's such a powerful thing. And the fact that you've harnessed that is like so serving you tremendously wait thanks no, so, that's that's yeah. cool i'm glad to i'm glad to hear that no it's like a real helped. it's yeah. like a real like studied theory like yeah. it's, that it's the most like effective way it's essentially just like your emotions can be whatever they are okay you're feeling frustrated because archer isn't learning the trick yeah all right that can happen but let's focus on what are we what do we value we value training archer so we're going to focus on that and we're going to focus on relationship with archer yeah frustrated or not that's not related yeah like that that's so awesome. No, I, I could not have said it better myself. Like, yeah. That's exactly the mentality I try to have. It's like, it's a full theory. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, racing is something that it's taught me, you know, concerning that is compartmentalization. Yeah. Right? I'll, I'll, I mean, you want to hear about this crazy crash that I was involved in? I was going to ask you, have you been in any insane crashes? So yes, I'd love to hear yeah, about so it. I'm going to be freaking yeah. <laughs> out the whole time. <laughs> um, so thankfully, I've never been seriously injured in a crash. Yeah. Um, or really injured. The The most like pain that I would say I've ever been in from a crash was I was walking funny for a few days. But that's because I had the seat, pad, seat pads out of the out of the seat i didn't have my custom molded seat at this point yeah and i had the seat pads out of the seat because it made me fit better i'm kind of a big guy yeah um and um i got hit just directly from behind and like all the force was kind of transferred to me and it just had me walking funny for a few days yeah but i was completely fine um but this one crash right um it was at virginia international raceway and it has a really long back straight and a back straight is like you have the front straight where the start finish line is, and okay. then most most tracks have more than one straight. I would say, and the back straight is just like the other straight. Straight is just like a long line. Straight, yeah. Okay. Just where you're just that's where you're gonna hit top speed. <laughs> so straight is where you go straight. Yeah. Yeah. Straight is and, where you, yeah. And, and T1 is the first turn. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're learning. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, picking it up. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's got a really long back straight, and I think. We were in the slower cars that I drove, but we're, we're hitting in race conditions, meaning like you're getting a draft from the car ahead of you, like they're punching a hole uh, yeah. in the air ahead of you, which kind of reduces drag, meaning you go faster. Um, okay. Yeah. And we're seeing like racing speeds of 155 to 160 miles an hour. Oh my God. And That's like um, an airplane. Is that how fast they go? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, no, I, I, I like think 200. they take off like that. Something That's like crazy. that around those speeds. But, um, 
this guy, um, it was like the first half of the race, and he had a brake failure. He was a few seconds behind. That's how we determine distance to other cars, like how many seconds you are, are behind. He was like four seconds behind, which is like hundreds of yards. Yeah. Right? At that speed, like how much distance do you travel at 150 miles an hour? Yeah. Right? Like four seconds at 150 miles an hour is a long way. Yeah. Right? And he was really behind, like not even, there were cars in between us. He had brake failure. And the way that this track went is it kind of at the end of the straight, it dipped down to the left and then came across right. So there's an area of the track where you're kind of traveling perpendicular to the back to the straight. <gasps> he had brake, brake failure at like 150 something, 150 something miles an hour. Went to the brakes, didn't work. Car didn't slow down. He hit me at about that speed. Oh my god i was where and how are you positioned at this point i was positioned You're like perpendicular here to perpendicular him. to him and he like it's called like a glancing blow he doesn't hit me like like t-bone you. he didn't like t-bone me yeah. super hard but he like took off like a lot of the rear of my car and i had no idea what happened and literally had absolutely no clue um i was just pissed off and wait, I was, what happened to your car like did it Flip? Does it spin? What no, I, I got spun out and ended up in a tire wall. Oh my God. And I was just in the car and I was like, I just got taken the fuck out. Like I'm like pissed off at yeah. this point because I had been crashed into a couple times that season before. Yeah. And it was happening way more often than it should have. And it happened again. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Like I just got taken out out of fucking nowhere. And does that mean the race is done for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I limped the car back to the pits because we, were, we weren't too far from the pits. And I was like, okay, the car's still... Like, I can move the car. So I'm yeah. going to limp it back. What does limp it mean? Just go really slow okay. to try. Because if something's damaged after a hit, you don't want to, like, drive the car more, yeah, which could cause more it. damage. Yeah, explode. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would explode. But, <laughs> but, but right That's idea. That's my knowledge of right, cars. <laughs> yeah, in the right direction. And I found out that it, the guy did have brake failure. And yeah. um, he essentially flew into the forest that surrounded the racetrack like a hundred yards off the off off the edge of the racetrack it took first responders i think something 20 minutes to get <gasps> get him out and i had a race immediately after that race was I he was, okay i was fine um no he was not okay Fuck. i think he broke his neck his back <gasps> like a set multiple limbs um oh my god so i didn't find out um what had happened to him or how bad the crash was until I was in the race that was literally like 30 minutes after our race ended. And I was in a faster car where we're hitting up to 170 on that same back straight. And I see the air helicopter, like literally evacuate him. And I look up and I'm on the radio and I'm on the back straight and I literally see the helicopter taking off. And I'm on the radio and I'm like, is that from that crash? And my team said, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. Um, You're like, well, that's a shitty answer because now I know it's from that crowd. Well, I mean, I knew him. Yeah. When they said yeah. that, I'm like, okay, it's got to yeah. be the worst like, possible answer. <laughs> but, um, you know, in racing. And you were fine. Completely fine. I, I, was, I wow. had another race in a faster yeah. car right after. And um, I, uh, you know, compartmentalization is something super important. Right, you can yeah. be involved in a really fucked up crash like that, like something where somebody could could have lost their life, could could have lost their life, and and um, 
you know, or you were this close from something going really, really wrong. Yeah. And it may not even be a huge crash. It could have been you, your car lost a little bit of grip going like 120 miles an hour through a corner or something, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like something, you can get really, really close to having something really, really bad happen, but then you have a race the next day. Yeah. So you really just can't dwell on those things. You literally have to shut them out of your mind. Just take if you if you needed to learn something from them just yeah. take what you needed to learn forget about the rest and then when i get home and this is something that i just do i think a lot of drivers deal with it differently but um this is just something that i do and i find it to be really really helpful in a lot of those crazy situations where things could have been way worse or something really bad happened yeah um and then i get get home and then it like kind of like hits me as a wave. Yeah. You know, it's like at that point I have like a day or two to just like process. Just to internalize everything, think about it all, like yeah. you know, make sure I'm good like mentally with everything uh, that happened. And then it's like okay, now I'm going to work again because I I work a full-time job exactly. and then I'm sitting at my desk sometimes and I'm just like Oh my god, like I can't believe what <laughs> happened. Died, like, like, like I can't believe this. this this shit just happened. I can't believe how crazy that was. Oh my god. And um yeah, so that's been a super, super helpful thing that I've wow. that, that, that Elliot actually told me I should try and do and I yeah. should try and learn. But um that's another crazy mental aspect of it. Damn. Yeah. How do you balance doing the racing and your full time job? You know, times Times, uh, time has to come from somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's only so much time in a day. Yeah. Um, when I'm at home, I work five days a week. I have, yeah. um, I have it worked into my employment contract with the company I work for, uh, that I take, um, unpaid time off to go race. And I'm super grateful to, that's excellent to, to flyer, uh, flyer defense, the company I work for. I'm super, super thankful, um, that they provide me that time. To yeah. go do it and pursue my dreams and passions outside. Yeah. Um, but it's really tough. I've I'm like sorry. I I've neglected over the past two years a lot of friendships, a lot of relationships, yeah. a lot of personal projects and things that I've wanted to get done. Yeah. Um just trying to balance the two. You know, I think, you know, usually when you leave for a race weekend, you usually leave on like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Sometimes you get as early as Tuesday. Um yeah. and then you're back that that following sunday yeah and um from i think february to october i think i did the math it's something on average like three out of four weekends a month are gone jesus for for, a race. for the whole year <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah except well, for like thanksgiving the holidays yeah well that's just that's just in the yeah. season from february so usually you'll have like you know october to february mostly free with some off-season testing yeah and, but and some training and stuff but, <laughs> mostly yeah. free being training plus full-time job yeah, yeah definitely and and also having a dog that has been an insane responsibility yeah. that i've taken on and he's two so we've got it figured out and and my cousins um they have three golden retrievers my dog's a golden oh as my well. gosh do they live here um yeah they live they live um in in agora so do they watch so, them yeah, and they oh, and and they have. He must love yeah. it. Oh my god, he loves it. They've got a a one year old puppy who's about a year younger than mine. Oh my god! And um, they're they're inseparable. Oh like I almost god. feel bad taking him back home yeah, when I come back from the race Sorry, weekend, <laughs> and he's so pooped. He just like just literally <laughs> sleeping all day whenever I get him back. Yeah, like because he's just sprinting around. They yeah. wrestle at like four a.m. every day. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
but he gets his summer camp. But yeah, I mean, I'm I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this off season. It'll be really nice. Yeah, I, I mean, believe that. Literally, my last race was on Sunday. I know, and it was like I'm so grateful you're here right now. This wait, is no, awesome. I'm actually super grateful that you're having me here. You know, oh I, God, I never thought I'd be doing something like this, and and that's something you know about. You're really good at it. Really? Yeah, because okay. you share a lot, but you share it in a concise way. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm trying. I, I talk too much sometimes. Oh. And it's like... I have that problem. Yeah, I'm working on like trying to be more concise. <laughs> I have 45-minute solo episodes. A solo episode means me talking to a wall for probably an hour so I can cut it to 45 minutes. Oh, God. I'm talking <laughs> to a wall. My poor roommate, she's been like, she's like, yeah, I heard you recording last night. And I'm like, oh, God. She's like, so do you just like talk to... And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... um. You know, racing means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, I have personal dreams and, and goals and aspirations that I'd like t- to to do in racing. And yeah. also there are a lot of things in racing that I, I want to learn that'll really translate to what I want to do with my career. Yeah. Um, as an, as an engineer, I want to design cars. That's what I want to do. <sighs> so, so learning cool. that and not only learning the engineering side of things with my job, day job, but learning the feel and like the intangible things that yeah. what, what makes a car special what makes a car fast what makes a car feel good to the driver yeah um yeah i'm i'm really grateful that i get to learn from from both areas yeah and, and that's what i want to do is i think you know a lot of cars nowadays that 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 are you know the the connection between the engineer like and the designers and the drivers yeah. are just way too far gone yeah. It's like I get into so many, like I'll get into any random streetcar, whether it be like a Toyota or a Ford, like Ford or Fusion. a Mercedes yeah. or a Porsche. And I'm like, hmm, I think that could have been a little better this way. I think this makes more sense to do it this way. Yeah. And like I just see these things and now I'm getting to learn kind of from like both aspects, right? So cool. Yeah. So it's it's really, really cool. You're doing market research. You're understanding yeah, the consumer. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. You're a, you are the consumer. You are understanding the customer and what their needs are. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So I think, is there anything before I get to my, my final question? Ooh. Um, is there anything like pressing that you're like, you know what? I really want to talk about this or I think this would be really interesting or that we didn't get to or we got to, but then I derailed us. Hmm. Or I derailed. Whatever. That <laughs> definitely that definitely happened. Like, I heard the vessels when we ended up on like forget some time. I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. I just I'm just going on like a bill. We're going on a yeah. billion different tangents yeah. and and yeah. Um, watch Drive to Survive if you want to learn about racing. I think okay. it's a really is cool that the F1 thing. Yeah, I started on watching Netflix. it. Yeah, I think it's just a cool segue. They 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 dramatize or dramatize or dramatize. I don't know. Okay, one of those two. <laughs> they they dramatize it uh, quite a bit more than I think it really needs to be. Yeah. But it's a cool segue for people to learn about the sport a bit and, and learn, you know, that, hey, like, drivers are really athletes. Yeah. And this sport is, is you know, so – can be so demanding and that it really is team-oriented. Yeah. I think it's one of the best things that's happened for racing because – even though it's just only covering the one type of racing that just, I mean, it's the best, it's the top level of racing in the world with the, with the fastest cars and the fastest drivers. Um, 
But it's if you want to learn about it, I would say that's a, that's a cool way to. All right, I'll watch it. If you want to learn about sports car racing, which is what I do, good luck because it's a, <laughs> like I don't know. You it's, don't have a it's, documentary it's, yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's tough, but you know. Oh, watch uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, you got to watch it. I know, it. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Le Mans, that's endurance racing. Okay. Um, that's like the co- most coveted sports car race in the world, endurance racing. Um, I would say watch that. That's really cool. How long really is cool. that? Oh, it's like, it's long. But it's cool. It's no, a really like good movie. No, like how long? Like two hours or eight oh, hours? Oh, 24 hours. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. okay. And they have three yeah. drivers and okay. they... they okay. Yeah. Um, they split up the, so the driving like, time. Long, long. Yeah. I don't, you don't have to... I'm just saying the movie. It gives you like okay. an idea of maybe what sports car racing, where it came from, what it's like, and, and what it means to people. Wow. Um, I would say if you want to keep up with whatever we're doing, um, you can check us out at Premier P1 Instagram. Premier P1? Love it. Yeah. Premier P1. Um... And yeah, you're never too old to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, if 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 you can find a way to get in, get into any type of car and take it to you know a safe, controlled environment like yeah. a racetrack or or like they do things like autocross, like parking lot. They set up cones in parking lots and they just time you. You're not racing wheel to wheel with anyone. It's a it's a really cool and interesting sport that isn't really well understood, and you can see that like. So many races. You could go to like a racetrack when they're having a race weekend and you can see the level of work that goes into it. Yeah. And there's like no live broadcast. And there's like no... What? Other, the, the series I race in there are. Someone's got to break into that. But that's that's what I'm saying is like the, this sport means so much ev- to, to people even at the base level. Yeah. It, it is so difficult to be able to find or put together a team and... And really become a competitive driver, and but at the same time, right? I think, you know, I don't want people who who may have the same dream or 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 may want to give racing a shot to think that it's completely and utterly inaccessible. Yeah, there are ways to go do it. Yeah, um, and and you know, I would say pursue that and just just go give it a shot because if you ask me. Four, literally four years ago, and I've been. This is this. I started racing in 2020, and it's 2022. Yeah. So, two two full years, right? Even if you had said maybe even three years ago, hey Adam, you think you're ever gonna race cars? Even though it was a childhood dream of yours, yeah. I would say get the fuck out of here. Know. Yeah. I'd be like, so whether it be if you want to give racing a shot or you want to give anything that you're passionate about a shot, just like be relentless. Just yeah. g- just get in there and find a way. You you know how hard it was to convince my Jewish mother. My Jewish Israeli mother to say, hey, I'm going to strap myself into a cage on wheels and go 150 miles an hour. You know how difficult? That was not an easy thing to do, right? Oh, my God. So it's like, yeah, just. not imagine. Yeah, whatever you're passionate about it, about it's not too late, you know? Even if you think it's too late, it's not too late. Yeah. So just go, go for it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, well, this kind of ties into my last question. Which is what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Like if you're hanging out with him, you're like, all right, little Adam, I got a couple sentences for you. Here you go. <laughs> go on your merry way. What would you say? Is it like pompous of me to say that I almost wouldn't want No, you are not. To? A lot of people say that. Because it's like. Because you got to where you wanted to get to. Exactly. Like, so why would you change it? I'm here yeah. now. Yeah. If I would say, I would say what I just maybe said a second ago. I would exactly. say like. 
be a little more relentless, like yeah. in 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 chasing what you want to do and what you're passionate about, right? It's, you know, obviously I think I think it's always good to try out a lot of different things and explore and and you know I had a bunch of I did like remote control cars and planes and stuff yeah. and then and then you know I was snowboarding a lot and and do you and like the, planes? Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm just you like, like okay, okay. I'm like a mega I'm like a mega engineering nerd. Okay, okay. So I love anything in that realm. I love. Everything You're aerospace. Yeah. <laughs> I love everything cars. Um, like I, I also like a lot of military technology too because they're also just like pushing yeah. limits yeah. of what is possible and what is not possible. Like planes, like a lot of like fighter jets and stuff. I love that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it would just say just, you know, just do, just do what you're doing. Explore your passions but be a little bit more relentless in in I your search that. to find the thing that that really speaks to you because I you love know that. we are on you know time is so short and so limited like i cannot believe that i have been racing for as long as i have and it's such a short period of time still and it yeah. feels like you know like where has all the time gone yeah you know it's like i i we we were just at usc together no literally right before that i was just in high school yeah i was like holy shit like I'm, I'm 25 years old now. What the, yeah, what what the, the hell? Like, <laughs> like, like if I got married yeah. and had a child tomorrow, it like wouldn't be weird. Yeah. And it, that's freaking me out. Okay. Like I have a family member who just got, who who's slightly older than me, who just got married to somebody younger than me. Oh my and, God. But it's not weird. Yeah. It's not weird like, at all. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what's scary about it is the fact that like, if I was like, oh, Adam, I'm pregnant. You'd be like, oh yeah, you're 25. People yeah. at 25 have babies. Yeah. Whatever. Definitely. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But it's just like, <laughs> we just have limited time on this earth. And I would just say, hey, Adam, just, you know what you're passionate about this point. Yeah. You love cars. You're one of those yeah. fucking annoying dudes who cars are their whole personality, yeah. <laughs> right? But just get into it. So you're yeah. not like just Lead a base level it. version of that. Don't be nervous about it. Yeah. Right? Like, it, I'm passionate about it. It speaks to me. Yeah. Like, just keep going. I love that. Yeah. Okay, I have two more questions. Okay, go for it. <laughs> one, can I come see one of your races in February once they start? 100%. I would love 100%. to. Yeah, it'd be cra- you I'm could sit be, in the I mean, race I'm car, be, you could do whatever you, yeah. I'm not sitting in the race car. That's moving. <laughs> no, um, not moving. You have to be stationary. <laughs> I but. literally will be like sitting on the side like shit. I'll be your Jewish Israeli mother at the race. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go. And yeah. two, where can I get one of the shirts? Um, I would do anything for that shirt. Uh, well, honestly, I thought about bringing one, but I realized I didn't have any extra. That's okay. Um, one day. But I, we have a ton of them. I'll Amazing. just, I'll bring you one. Um, I will, um, or when you come to a race. I will wear it all the time. Oh my God, I'll yeah. represent. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, also, you know, I, in the off season, there's like a racetrack about two hours from here. Yeah. It's kind of like a, like a country club-ish type of thing. Cool. And, and like, I'm a member there. And you pretty much can just show up with your cars or, or they can provide a car for you. Cool. And you can just go out on the racetrack. Like, even if you wanted to do that. Can I that, go to that? I don't want to go on the racetrack. Yeah, no, you you will go on the no, racetrack. No, no, 100%. no. 100%. No. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to no look over. No fucking chance. No fucking chance. <laughs> I'm just going to look over. Hey, Jackie, I, you ready to die? No, like, no, exactly. I will enjoy a nice little mocktail at the country club bar. Yeah, and I will yeah, sit yeah. and watch. I am uh, not going to the car. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I will gladly go. That sounds yeah. so fun. Uh huh. That'll give me such an edge. I think it'd be good for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's crazy because that's one thing is like when you watch the cars, even like if you're like pretty close to the racetrack and you're watching them in person or even on TV. Oh my God. There are times where it looks like they are not going nearly as fast as they really are. But if you're well, in. Well, you see them relative to each other. Yeah, you see them relative to each other. And also, most of the time, racetracks are pretty big places. Yeah. Right? It's, you don't see, like, lampposts or benches or other things that, like, yeah. are of a normal size that you know what they are. Like, it, it's kind of hard to judge their speed. But when you're in the car and you feel, like, how insane, like, how insane some of the forces you experience and how violent and, and just crazy it can be. It, it gives it gives people like a whole new appreciation of it. It's really crazy. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll go if we can go sixty miles per hour. Sure. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you cannot go faster than okay, that. Okay, sure. I will kill you. Maybe we'll see. No, we'll see. I will. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm trusting you, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, amazing. Well, that's yeah. it. That this Fuck has yeah. been you seriously. Thank it. you so much. This has been Adam. That was that was so good. Did you laugh?